podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us for a Monday where we have a lot to talk about and another uh, conversation similar to the one we had about Gary Patterson last week that we get to have today, which is going to be lots of fun for me. Uh, joining me, as they always do on Monday, Andy Mitz. How's it going? Good to be back. So, Andy, if you wouldn't mind keeping the uh, pro Chiefs cheering to a minimum while you're watching the game, while we're recording this, try and keep it somewhat professional if you don't mind. I would. I, I, I can't promise anything, but I'll do my best. That's all we ever ask for from you. Uh, and joining us is always Jamie Steyer. We've got the biggest football game in school history. We've got basketball this week. I'm feeling good. There's that Jamie spirit. There it is. Always good. Thank you, Jamie. And uh, special guest today, as we had a, a short uh, schedule, just just two games, thanks to Texas and Kansas getting postponed because of COVID. Uh, Brett Ashley Ward joining us today on the show. Brett, welcome to the 1012. Hey, guys. Mm. How's it going? Uh, I think we're all good. Andy's watching the Chiefs. Jamie just got back from family photos and it looks the nicest and she's ever looked. And a negative COVID test. Yes. <laughs> And a negative COVID test. And uh, and Brett, uh, if, if you have to cough into the mic, uh, make sure and put a mask on it. We would appreciate that. Just <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Science. I sure will. Um, okay. So let's just hop right in uh, to, you know what, Jamie, I'm going I'm to do you a favor. Let's go ahead and let you just, just whatever. Go ahead. Go ahead. I know that you are so excited <laughs> after Saturday's absolute decimation. Of Kansas State. Absolute decimation. It was incredible. It was beautiful. I tell you what, we really need to get that tractor because it would look so beautiful in cardinal and gold. Oh, man. I don't, I tell you what, the meltdowns on Twitter I saw afterwards, pretty satisfying. Felt pretty good. Kind I just feel like we deserve that after some of the Farmageddon games we've had in the past. So just a little bit of karma. It happens. But yeah, I feel really good. I had some friends that were uh, Snapchatting us, taking shots for every touchdown. They were feeling no pain at the end of that game. Felt really good for them. Uh it's a lot of shots yeah i was cooking so that's not how that goes but oh man what a day i that was a good feeling that was a really good feeling and we didn't get called iowa at all so that makes it even better i was at a baby shower and i saw that score and i stood up and i said holy shit (laughs) yeah it's it was you know, I felt good about it, like cautiously good, like an Iowa State fan really tends to feel good about things. And yeah, I couldn't have predicted like that level of domination, but it was nice to see just like a really strong start and then not letting up. I mean, obviously didn't score nearly as many points in the second half, but generally just not letting them run all over the place, not letting them score at all. I mean, I was talking to my dad today, like that goal line stand turning around and marching 97 yards, that kind of felt like that was game at that point, honestly. For for a Kansas fan, watching Kansas State get completely destroyed in that game was as close to a victory as we're probably going to get this year, <laughs> with the exception of the final game. But we can talk about that later because that's on hold for right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the outcome yep. of both games a little surprising with a couple of blows. Look, um, I think for Kansas State, at this point, we all know the the game against OSU was more of the fluke, not the norm of what to expect the rest of the year. Thoroughly beat by West Virginia, smacked down by Iowa State. I I like Kansas State, but people have kind of figured out Deuce Vaughn. Obviously, you know, Will Howard, true freshman, nice kid. I think he he has a lot of potential, but he's got a lot of room to grow. He is is not Skylar Thompson at all. 
Um, and this Kansas State season that seemed very promising early on is pretty much just kind of, you know, is going to limp to the finale, and they hope that they uh, hope that they can get enough wins here to to go ahead and keep a bowl eligibility. They got a road game at Baylor. We'll see what happens there. They've got Texas. I I, I I'm really sorry for Kansas State. There's a good chance they finish four and six here, which is definitely not what you would think would happen after a four and one start to the season. But I just you know. No Skylar Thompson. This is what you expect for for Kansas State, and I I do feel kind of bad for them. I don't. Don't please don't. <laughs> I feel great about everything that's happening right now. Yeah, I don't think they'll be limping to the finish line. They'll probably be crawling after that loss. That seems fair. Uh, to uh, one thing of note for Iowa State. Look, I. We could just sit here and heat praise on Iowa State all day, and for plenty of reason, a forty-five nothing victory though, like it's great for the fan base, but it doesn't leave a lot to talk about outside of we're really sorry, Kansas State. I don't know what you have to look forward to the rest of the year because I kind of think this is what like I don't think they're going to shut out again. Um, but for Iowa State, we'll obviously talk about the big game on Friday here here toward the end of the show. But I mean, this was I think for Iowa State, my big thing is. We, we, they always talk about Brocktober. Up, oh, it's October. They're going to be real good. They're going to suck in September. That's okay. They're going to be real good in October, and then they're going to win some of their games in November. This is the first time for Iowa State we have seen them get to this point in the schedule and this point on the calendar and still be playing really, really well and certainly not putting up one of their best performances of the season. I, it's It has to, as an Iowa State fan, and just as someone watching Iowa State from the outside going, all right, I will say it. This is a really good Iowa State team. This is an Iowa State that state team that I hate the phrase "control your own destiny" because I think it's kind of an oxymoron statement. But for lack of a better cliche to use here, they control their own destiny. They are one win away from getting into Arlington and having a shot at a Big Twelve title, which is huge for them. And a win like this only helps them out. Yeah, I mean, I think also it was really satisfying to finally see the Brock Purdy we've been hoping to see all year. And so when you have a couple, you have one huge game, and then obviously the remaining games all matter. But Friday is massive, massive, massive. So we've been able to rely on Brees Hall all year. Um, We've had people, you know, stepping up here and there, but to see Brock Purdy sling some really beautiful passes – and then to be able to give people rest in the fourth quarter on a short week, I mean, you really couldn't have come out of that game with anything more. Yeah, I mean, this is Brocktober. I mean, it really is, because if you think about it, like, that's the normal time frame in terms of the year. Like, the number of games they played to this point is right around that second week in October. And so, like, that's when they're really ramping up and he's really kind of getting into the swing of things. So I, I'm, I'm almost wondering if everyone expected it to be you know, calendar year based as opposed to him finally getting things ramped up. He looked a whole lot better this time. He was definitely much more, you know, contributing to the win as opposed to them winning in spite of him in this particular game. The question, of course, is going to be, can he keep it up? Um, but, you know, I mean, that that was the Brock Party that we were all expecting to see. And I, I mean, I, I think some of it had to do with the fact they were playing Kansas State, but definitely not all of it. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, we'd be remiss here. And, and props to Brock Purdy, 16 of 20, 236 yards and a touchdown. He didn't have to do a lot. He was really impressive in what he did, but he didn't have to do a whole lot in this game. And this game was over. The goal line stand really did feel like, uh-oh. And then once you go into half up 35 nothing, it's over. But the game was over. Because there's nothing about this. This is not a Kansas State team that's really built to come back. Certainly not against a deficit like that. Like, this is a, a team that wants to to keep the end close or build a lead and just hold on to it. So that it was done at halftime. But we would be remiss here as big fans of, of Brees Hall, not to mention 15 carries, 135 yards, and two touchdowns in what could arguably be his best game of the season. I Averaging nine yards per carry, which is not his best per carry game of the season. That goes back to the, the loss at Oklahoma State. But... Big game for him. He continues to put up numbers that, hey, um, look, I understand the Heisman is stupid and a joke and not the award we should praise it to be because it's really just a who's the most impressive quarterback on the best team. Unless, of course, you're just a freshman that goes out and has Lamar Jackson kinds of things. 
But Brees Hall deserves, and I, I hate having this. Like I almost hate it. Like why we don't like stop caring so much about the Heisman. However, if it's going to be the thing everybody cares about, can we give him more love? He deserves it. He absolutely should be getting more votes on it. I understand he's not going to win it. I don't care. Give him the credit that's due to him. Brees Hall has been fantastic this season. I mean, absolutely fantastic and continues to be. There has not been a drop off at all. And that is impressive and amazing. Yeah, it's nice to see. I mean, when you think that you know what you have coming into the season and someone exceeds expectations, it's always kind of a good feeling. So especially having him be pretty young, you just got to hope, you know, continue to get better, continue to, you know, improve and be hungry. But yeah, I mean, it's been it's been really nice to be like, by all accounts, a really good kid and a really hard worker and go out and have success. And obviously it helps it. It helps the team. But I mean, just as Iowa State fans, they like to have someone to cheer for it that they like as a person. So they've definitely embraced him. And he needs more love nationally, but we'll give him all the love he needs here in Ames. So I'm sure Iowa State fans are feeling real good right now. I know Jamie is. I can, she's just like dancing in her room. It's a little bit awkward having to watch it, to be perfectly honest. Um, but I'm sure you guys won. <laughs> I'm sure you guys want to celebrate. And I can't think of a better way to celebrate a massive win and to prepare for a giant game on Friday than with a couple of brand new Iowa State shirts from Homefield Apparel. Awesome, well-researched, vintage, comfortable college apparel. This stuff is fantastic. And we, I, I look, we love these guys. They make awesome gear. Marching sigh, yeah. It's, it's super cool. Look, I, I understand that Baylor is also a product that is available on the site, and we should probably talk about the fact that they offer Baylor stuff, too. And they have good Baylor stuff, but it's not as good as the Iowa State stuff. It's just not. It's just not as good. It's just not. I'm sorry. It's really good Baylor stuff, but the Iowa State stuff is awesome, along with really awesome t-shirts. They've got hoodies. They've got sweaters. It's cold outside, folks. I know in Iowa, it has to be cold. I know I know you guys are all built for the cold, but if you would like a <laughs> super comfortable girlfriend steals it so you have to buy a second one hoodie or sweater, then go to homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2. Get 20% off your first order. All orders of $50 or more are free shipping. It's the holidays, guys. Like, buy one for you. Buy one for a friend. I'm sure you all have Iowa State friends in your life. You should get one. They're very fun. They're great drinking companions and a good way to say thank you for all of the cheap beer that they have bought for you over the years is with a great Iowa State shirt from Homefield Apparel. Iowa State, Baylor, and more than 100 other schools dependent upon your fan fandom or secondary fandom. Like I kind of like Memphis. They're kind of fun to watch and root for. I live nearby. I'm going to get me a Memphis State shirt. I've got my Slippery Rock shirt, because who doesn't want a t-shirt with a logo of a rock waving a pennant wearing a 1970s fur pimp coat? Because that visual in your brain alone should be worth going. So, homefieldapparel.com, 10-12 gets you 20% off your first order, 40 orders of $50 or more get free shipping. Go get some now. You will not regret it. And besides, Philip, after the, uh, the absolutely phenomenal Indiana-Ohio State game, you know, I think that they all could use the big pick-me-up of everybody getting some home field apparel. <laughs> My wife doesn't know it yet, but she's getting a wonderful Rice Owls, Rice Owls hoodie for Christmas. So it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Ooh. They have great stuff. The we have rice no... ones are awesome. Yes. The only reason I'm getting it is because my wife loves owls. But it's like, come on. you got to get something there. It's absolutely great stuff. I am looking forward to it. I'm going to have to find something for me to get to because I'm – Still waiting for them to get that Jayhawk stuff so I can, like, spend all my money on it. <laughs> well, I mean, they don't have Kansas. They do have um, some other teams that have a relationship. They have Bucknell, if you'd like a Bucknell, or a Bradley. No, 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 sure. no, 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 no. If you want – wait, not we're teams gonna, that Kansas we're lost gonna, to. We're going to revisit that later this year, <laughs> in which case I'll be picking one for you instead of you picking one for me. But anyway. Are we all going to buy each other a shirt from the site? Because might I, might I request Memphis or uh, ooh, uh, Delaware? Because the Delaware one runs are, are, it's a blue hat. I do already have three schools from home field, but I could always use more. And I mean, frankly, when the gear is good enough that I took engagement pictures in it, I mean, that should really tell you all you need to know if you know how picky of a person I am. 
We should do 1012 Secret Santa and get Chris and Daniel in here, but everybody has to buy something. I was going to say three people. That's going to be. No, no, no. We'll get, we'll get my, we'll get Chris and Daniel in here. That only seems right. You know, they also are a part of the 1012 family. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, okay. So if you don't hear Brett for a little while, it's because her internet is failing and she has dropped out. So we're, we'll hope that she'll jump back in and I'll, and we'll just roll with it. Okay. So now we have to talk about the other game. Um, so you guys remember how I said, and I have been saying for weeks now that the big 12 title game was going to be Iowa state and Oklahoma. Well, folks. Yes. Uh, some it's not that I like am super happy about it, but I I think I was right, and I feel pretty good about it. now. Obviously, Texas could throw that a wrench in that on Friday, and we'll talk about that game more coming up. But um, Oklahoma just stomping uh, again, two massive blowouts. Not what I expected from the Big Twelve this week. Oklahoma winning forty-one to thirteen. Um, and Oklahoma, I mean, Spencer Rattler looked. Fantastic it was one of his best games, especially early in early in the game. Oh, you didn't run the ball super well. Stevenson got did get the ball going later in the game as Oklahoma State defense was getting worn out. Um, but they just they had so many guys step up. So many. I mean, Marvin Mims was was good. Stevenson was good. Theo Weiss was great. They had Mikey Henderson. They're like third string H back, like freshman, just coming in and and killing Oklahoma State. OSU built up a twenty-one to nothing lead and just and just never looked back. Never looked back. I mean, it was an incredibly impressive performance against a Oklahoma State defense that's been really good all season long. They looked terrible to start the game, and they stiffened up. But Oklahoma just way too much for an Oklahoma State team whose offensive line is beat up. They lost Tevin Jenkins. They had to switch to Shane Illingworth in in the game at quarterback due to concussion. And then we say it's just concussion. We'll see what happens moving forward there. Before we get to the Gundy speech we're going to have to have, um, any thoughts on it? Look, it's not shocking to me. Oklahoma does this every year. They start off a little bit slow. If they're going to lose a game, it's going to be in September, early October. By the time November hits, they're playing their best football. They're not going to lose. And I have a hard time not seeing them, after this performance especially, winning the Big 12, no matter who they face in Arlington in a couple of weeks. The only thing I have yeah. left to say on the subject right now is, help me, West Virginia. You're my only hope. <laughs> because West Virginia has a defense that could potentially cause some problems for Oklahoma. I don't know if their offense, and we'll get to, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this soon, but like, if you are as desperately hoping for Oklahoma to not make the Big 12 title as I am, the last chance is for West Virginia to pull off a massive upset this week. Um, because honestly, I don't know that Oklahoma State is playing a team that can challenge them the rest of the way unless they just completely fall flat on their face, which I guess I shouldn't put past Oklahoma State either. In basketball, we talk a lot how it's really hard to beat a team three times in a season. Like if you face them twice during the regular season and then you face them again in the postseason, it's really hard to beat someone three times. And I feel like in football, the equivalent is it's hard to beat someone twice in a season. If, you know, I, I feel like Oklahoma's obviously playing a lot better than they were in the beginning of the season. I would definitely prefer not to see them in a hypothetical Big 12 title game as an Iowa State fan, but it's just hard to see a scenario in which that doesn't happen, which is fairly unfortunate, but Oh, I mean, that's the thing is we learn year after year after year. You don't count Oklahoma out. You don't discount them. You don't even when things start to look a little bit down, you can't say that anything is ever it until truly they're mathematically eliminated because they will scratch and claw and pull their way back up because they do have talent. They have depth so that if one person isn't doing it, they'll just go to the next one. And they're so, so well coached. And that's really, I think, especially this year, what it comes down to is in a weird year, in very weird situations, a lot of it comes down to if you've got a coach of that caliber and just grit wins out because you can make good decisions and that can be, that can be enough in a year like this. Well, to the coaching point as well, you know, you look at teams around the country. Penn State, I think, is the perfect example of a team that 
they are not as bad as their record states, but that team's done. When that team lost its opener to Indiana and then got crushed by Ohio State and their goal, their big giant goals for the season were over, that team quit. That team is done. If you watch them mm-hmm. play, they quit. That team is done. And full credit to Oklahoma. You started 0-2 in conference play, losing to Kansas State and Iowa State, gutted out that win against Texas. And honestly, that Texas win is the thing I think that got it. Had they lost to Texas, I do think they would have been out. That, that would have been the nail in their Big 12 title game run. But this Oklahoma team has not given up. They have said, okay, look, you're not going to the playoff. You're not. And, and, and I have to think they know that. But good coaching, players are committed. Despite those two losses to begin conference play, they have continued to play. They have continued to fight and get better and improve and are in this spot right now ready to win a, what is it, th- th- 300th straight Big 12 title in football because of it. It feels, I may I may not that, be giving them enough here. It may not be right, but it feels right. It feels like it. It feels like, and part of that's because 2020 feels like 100 years in one year. Um, but I mean, yeah, I was saying that, that's not nearly as much of a joke as you're thinking. I didn't mean it as a joke. It wasn't a joke. That's how it feels. This year is 100 years long. It's the 100 year year. Someone's going to write a book called The 100 Year Year, and it's going to be all about 2020. Yeah, you know, that you was about the listener, not you. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. Got it. Um, so let's have the conversation. Look, we, we, I, I said my piece on Gary Patterson last week. Um, it's time to have a conversation about Gundy. Now, this is a slightly different conversation about Gundy than this Gary for a couple of reasons. And I want to clarify why, because I think those two programs with Oklahoma state and, and TCU are in two different places. TCU. And you can do this one, two ways. I can say since 2016, they've had an 11, win season to seven, one season, Six, five, and three. Like since 2017, they've had 11 wins, seven wins, five wins. They're three and four. They might get to, I mean, they could, they could finish five and four. They could win their last two games. It's, it's, it's possible. It's not out of the realm of possibility for them to finish with a winning record and go to a bowl game. Uh, they've got Oklahoma State at home left on their schedule. Uh, and and I don't know what to think of OSU right now. And they've got Kansas on the road. They got to go to on the road to Kansas. So you give them the road win at Kansas, that's four and four. They beat Oklahoma at home. They got a five and four. So the, a winning record in a bowl season this year isn't out of the realm of possibility. But at the same time, watching this program with TCU, it just doesn't feel like things are moving in the right direction for Gundy and Oklahoma State. Your records in 8 and five. You're five and two this year. You've got three games left to go. If you'd have had a normal season, you'd be at what, seven and two with non-conference games. You could have a ten-win season this year. Is the point? Now he had a lot of expectations, but you're still able to have these kinds of things. And that's the thing with Gundy for me is you have to ask yourself a question of what do you want as a fan to judge whether or not you should let go Gundy. If you just don't like him, and I have a friend or two who just personally doesn't like him, be it how he acts, things he's done whatever they've heard from people or friends or rumors or whatever, they just don't like Gundy. They're done with him. They have been for some time. That's fine. Um, From a football standpoint, you have to ask yourself this. I think we have seen the peak of Oklahoma State. 2010, 2011, 11-2, 12-1, probably should have been the national championship game, weren't. Big 12 title. Um, I think that is the peak. They had three straight years of 10 wins. They Oklahoma State had never had three straight seasons of 10 wins in 2015, 2016, and 2017. Okay. They've never been, they've gone to a bowl game every year since year two. They make the bowl games. They finish with winning records. Only losing season Mike Gundy has had is year one, 2005. They've had a winning record ever since then. He's done amazing things to the program. But this is what the program is. It is a team that is going to go to a bowl game every year which is awesome, and I don't think you should downplay that. Ask Kansas fans, Andy, yes? Going to bowl games would be nice. Oh, oh, it would be absolutely wonderful. Okay, so going to a bowl game every year. I, I miss bowl um, games. Have, having 10 win seasons at least every three to four years, um, having winning records every year, having players that go to the NFL, having guys that are exciting, but you're not going to bit. You're, you're not going to win Bedlam. You're not going to beat your in-state rival. Um, you can air quotes contend for the Big Twelve title, but because you can't beat your rival, you're not going to win a Big Twelve title. 
Um, you are a program that is going to lose a game they shouldn't here and there every season because you used to do the small things really, really, really well. Special teams, forcing turnovers, um, offensive line play. You don't anymore. And this is what the program is. If that's okay with you, and that sounds really bad. Like That sounds like I'm saying this is a bad thing. I'm not. Winning 10 games every two to three years, going to bowl games every year, always finishing with a winning record. Like, I don't, I think the problem is like older OSU fans are happy with that because they remember how bad it used to be. They are fan bases that would kill for that, Andy. Um, honestly, like across college football, would kill for oh, that. Oh, yeah. But there's also a collection of the fan base that has only known Mike Gundy's success and believes that OSU should be contending all the time, should be able to win Bedlam every once in a while. And for them, they're done with Gundy. I'm not entirely sure which side I, I sit on. Um, if you ask me immediately after a Bedlam loss, it's always, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. If you ask me a week or two later or a couple of days later, I might have changed my mind. And you can say, well, you should as a fan only want to be rooting, your team, you should always want your team to contend for national championship. That is, a, that is an unrealistic thing to do. It is an arrogant thing to do. And it's how you end up um, being Michigan. Um, or Texas, or other programs that have a lot that were a better example. If we're talking about Oklahoma State, South Carolina, who had the best running program history with Steve Spurrier, at a time when Georgia was good but not great, Florida was down, um, A&M was there as a cross rival and not even all the time, and Clemson, who they have to play every year, wasn't who they are now. So you had Steve Spurrier, and he won 10 games three years in a row, which you had never had before, and so now you feel like you should be awesome all the time. It doesn't work that way. Or Texas, who had a decade-long run with Mac Brown that was so good that they fired him as soon as he wasn't that good and have been miring in the muck of mediocrity since then. Or Michigan, who I have a lot, think there is a lot of comparison between Mike Gundy and Jim Harbaugh at, like Mike Gundy at OSU and Jim Harbaugh at Michigan of just like, oh my gosh. Like, there's so much more that goes into it than just you should beat that team. Bedlam is the most lopsided power five rivalry in college football, like real rivalry, not like they've played 30 times, like real hundred years long rivalry. It's that way in history. And uh, I'm, I'm going to wrap up with this. Uh, I, I don't fault anyone for either side you fall on with Gundy. If you're okay with where things are, then you are okay keeping him, and you just kind of have to enjoy what you get. You are welcome to complain about things. That's fine. There's always something to complain about, and he can always be doing a better job. Um, if you think they should be doing better, then you're ready to hit them. That's great, too. You guys... Please jump in, please. I because I, I I am I'm very I I am pers as an Oklahoma State fan struggling as to what <laughs> direction I I want to go in. I, I don't know. I really don't. I really I really don't. Yeah. So so this you know I I also listened to the uh, the shutdown full cast to, with you know done by a whole bunch of former SB Nation guys and still some SB Nation guys and there there's one big thing that they always talk about um, where you know. In college football, you have to know what your program is. You have to be comfortable with what your program is. And, you know, looking at it, it is very difficult. Like, every year there's legitimately four or five schools that going into the year can have realistic expectations of being in the playoff and contending for a national title. That's it. Four or five schools. That's about it. Um, yes, teams can occasionally jump up and kind of find the right circumstances and jump in there. But there's not a lot of teams that can expect to be there. And it seems like a lot of times where you fire a very good coach is because your expectations have gotten to the point that you should be one of those teams. And it sounds to me like those that are that are pushing for Gundy to be gone at this point, it sounds like they are expecting to be one of those teams that should be able to make that leap. But if you look back at it in history, like the, the only way to go from a team that is not one of those to a team that is one of those is to catch fire with the right coach, to find the right guy. And, and it's usually known pretty quickly you know, if that guy is going to be the one that can elevate you, Dabo Sweeney, you know, is a perfect example for Clemson. Clemson was basically nothing before he got there and he was able to get them to jump up and be national title contenders. You know, it is very rare for a team to continue, especially over coach, like going from one coach to the next, unless it's a situation where a successful coach retires and hands it off to somebody that was on his staff. 
it's very difficult for one very successful coach to be followed by another very successful coach. There's usually a dip. And so that's what you're probably looking at. It, this reminds me a lot of the Frank Solich situation where, you know, he was getting to high-tier bowl games every single year at Nebraska. Nebraska fans thought that they should be contending for national titles. They got him, you know, he, he got fired after a fairly successful season, but it wasn't good enough. Even though he had won big tall titles, like he was doing a lot of stuff. He just wasn't getting them into the national championship discussion there. And so they fired him and Nebraska fell off a cliff. And the because the problem is, unless you are handing off a successful program to an assistant, it's very difficult to find a good coach unless you luck into another uh, another really, really good coach. And that, that would be my worry, you know, as an Oklahoma State fan right now, is are we going to be able to find somebody that can be Gundy or better? Um, and to do that, you have to essentially hope that the guy that you're picking is the right one. Because you don't want to go and get, you know, a established coach. Because if you do that, there's no guarantee that they're going to be able to do at the level that, that Gundy's at. Um, so you're going to have to find an up-and-comer and hope that you can get the right guy who is going to take off to elevate you from where you're at right now. And I just don't know, especially in this year with all the COVID stuff, that we can realistically identify somebody that can come in and immediately, you know, get them to that level. Because what I'm hearing, the way that they're talking about this is Oklahoma fans, or I'm sorry, Oklahoma State fans don't want a rebuilding. They don't want to, you know, dip down for two or three seasons to give a guy a chance to change whatever culture he thinks he needs to change to be super successful in his system. Which means the expectation is, you hire someone else to immediately take you up to the next level here. And I just don't know if that's possible in, in this environment, you know, going up against Oklahoma, who is one of the premier programs in the entire country. I think you're spot on with that. Like I talked about this last week, how I think it's hard to evaluate anything realistically based on solely this year. So you have to take into account several years back into the past. And I think that it's it's frustrating to be in a lopsided rivalry. Obviously, as an Iowa State fan, I can understand that 100%. Obviously, not to the same extent historically. That's kind of hard to relate to just because, like you said, Philip, it's a kind of unique situation as far as how lopsided it is historically. However... For current fans, I can relate to that on a fairly recent basis for Iowa State not winning games, not winning rivalry games that truly should be competitive, not being able to pull through, being frustrated about it. However, I do think the situation is different because it's Oklahoma. You know, it's a perennial top of the conference it is a team that you're not you're not playing some you know team that's always going to be right on the same level as you okay you're going to have to at some point either make a lot of really big changes in your program like we were saying or you have to learn to live with the fact that you have an unfortunate rival Okay. You can't just decide one day that, okay, we're going to be Oklahoma now. We're going to be the same team as Oklahoma. That's not how it works. You drew a short straw there. So you're either going to have to invest a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of probably down years trying to figure stuff out, or you learn to live with the fact that there's other things that you're going to have to focus on because your rival's good. I mean, look, you, you, it is proven that Oklahoma State can beat everybody else in the conference every, every year, in fact, like easily. Um, like it just, it's, and it's not just like your rival is beat you all the time. Your rival, it's like you're facing one of the 10 best college football programs. Um, you have had the unfortunate effect during Gundy of having to do it during two of the best like coach 10 years you've had to go straight from Bob Stoops now to Lincoln Riley like there was there was no dip there which is just like sorry guys um I think it was Bobby Bowden who basically said that um you should I, I think this is I think it was him it's basically online like you a coach in a school should after about 10 years probably should should part ways because uh, look unless you're winning national championships every year you know unless unless you're just there and winning 
and have it roll it unless you're a Dabo or a, a Nick Saban. Like, both sides are going to get tied to each other unless you're just winning so much you, you can get tired of each other, right? And your Frank Solich point, Andy, was really good. I mean, look at his records at, at, at Nebraska. 9-4, 12-1, 10-2, 11-2, 7-7, and they fired him. Uh, and look where Nebraska is. And that's because you, you can't just take into – you mentioned the um, split zone zoo. And I was listening to the podcast they did this past week. And we're talking about um, situations in like Arizona and Colorado and California and recruiting and, and how people are moving around and, and the effects that that have on this. It's the same thing we talked about with South Carolina. Their run with Steve Spurrier coincided with a lot of things like Clemson not being who they are now. Georgia was not this Georgia. Florida is rolling right now, is, is got it cooking right now. So there's those three. You have AM who spins like crazy, can recruits like crazy, and has a good coach in there now. And Kentucky's good. Like, it's not like you have a bunch of everyone else's guaranteed pushover with Kentucky or Missouri. So, like, it, your your run came at a time when everything was set up for you to succeed. It's not set up for South Carolina to succeed. That's not going to work the same way it did. You can't expect that. And so you look at Oklahoma State's situation, and some of it's gone against you, and some of it's benefited you. Texas, Texas has been terrible for the last decade. They've not been good for the decade. That has benefited Oklahoma State. You don't know how much longer that's going to happen. It's it's harder to win in the Big 12, arguably, than it, I think it, it used to be. I think there's too many good coaches in the Big 12. That's going to change. I just, with OSU, what are you? Like, what what are you as a program? Do you think you should be a national championship contender? Because you're not going to be. You don't have the budget to do it. You do not have the athletic budget to recruit at a level as the top schools. You're not winning national championships without blue chip recruits, specifically without blue chip offensive and defensive linemen. You're not getting those at Stillwater. If this is just about you can't beat Oklahoma, so you want to go find a coach who did, because Les Miles was there for four years and he beat him twice, okay. Go find the guy that'll do it. But like I said, you can be in a situation where you might get a guy who's perfectly matched. I think that Iowa State and Kansas State are built to beat Oklahoma. That's why I think partially they've done it these more than I think anybody else these past few years. Um, I think they are built to do that. And Iowa State's finally going to have that special season. But I also think this season that Iowa State's finally having this year, this is their ceiling. I, I don't think that's – some Iowa State fans might hear that and be pissed off, but Jamie, am I wrong? Like, let's be honest. A Big 12 championship is the ceiling. You're not going to the playoff, and even if you even if you did, you're not you're not beating Clemson or Bama or Ohio State. Like it's not going to happen. Look, we're in Iowa, and we're Iowa State. Like maybe someday, I would love to say that someday we'll pass that. But the place we're at right now, the place that we're going to be for the foreseeable future, that's just where we're at. Like. The sooner that people make peace with that, frankly, the better. Because, well, I mean, maybe you, you can be. have something special. But, like, literally, as far as budgets go, as far as recruiting especially goes, some things just are what they are. Yeah. Well, and, and, and let's be honest here. Until Iowa State beats Iowa, no one's going to say anything about them having a shot. In the <laughs> Sorry, Jamie. I just, I think for... My thing is, if you're just tired of Gundy and want to see and want to mix things up, okay. And the idea of like, well, you better get a good coach. Obviously, you'd like to hire a great coach. I have a I have a list of my own. We're not going into that right now. Um, does that guarantee that any of them will work? No. Um, Arkansas has been terrible for a while. They just hired a former offense an offensive line coach, and Arkansas is looking pretty good now. Arkansas is different because they have by twenty four seven ratings the twenty fifth most talented roster in college football because of a load of money being in the SEC and can recruit. But the point is, you just don't know. Like, you can't know. And you would hope that you have an athletic director or an a, a department in place that can make a smart hire um, to keep the program going at a good pace. But I also, I, I'm also at the point of, like, Gundy can't hold the program hostage just because he's been so successful. And if everyone thinks it's time for him to go, and there are people within that university that are done with him, and that's kind of part of that whole like ten year conversation, it's just like, look, if if it's best for both sides, then move on, but don't don't do it because you think you should be something you're not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that Oklahoma State and their Oklahoma State fans are pissed off about it, and that's fine. You can do that. Can it has been proven that Oklahoma State can win, and you can win at Oklahoma State. But 2011 was is not the norm. It was it was a one time thing. 
2010 and 2011 was a one-time thing that might happen again once every 20 to 30 years. But it's not a regular thing. You're not going to be that program. You're just not. It's not going to happen. I would love for it to happen. I don't think it can happen. It would be uh, an unusual thing for a school with there with the athletic department budget that Oklahoma State has to become a Clemson or somebody else. It just it just not. So I I I would be fine either way um, if they have. I'll say this: first losing season. Okay, I, he'll be gone. Um, I would like some of the off-field stuff and some of the nonsense to go away. And I have a lot of things I wish he would change. He won't. So there is a little bit of that Gary Patchen stuff. But we've talked enough about about Gundy. Um, this has been a long conversation. And uh, I, I Philip, my it, wife is It sounds like you could use a pick-me-up right now. <laughs> oh, should I? Go ahead. Oh, do you want me? Oh, is that for me? Thank you for that. Yeah, you know what would be a really good pick-me-up? A nice hot cup of coffee. I think this. Thank you, Andy. That was a nice. That was a nice lob. Let me try and knock this one out of the park. Let me mix sports metaphors there. Uh, Lazy Fair Coffee, L A Z Y F A R, F A I R Coffee. Ethically sourced beans from around the world, roasted right in the heart of Big Twelve country. Five amazing flavors. Something for everyone. I love this stuff. I bring on advertisers that I like. I've said that before. It's really, really good. It's a really good cup of coffee, and it is perfect right now. The holiday season. Coffee is a great gift to give both to yourself, to friends, and to family. So go on, find a bag, find a couple bags, find as many as you want. Use the promo code 1012, T E N 12, get 10% off of your order. They've also got a really good, a really good dry rub and a really great body scrub. There you go. Trust the esthetician here, okay? She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> don't just, just don't worry about me. Also, Right now, if you're a, if you're an Instagram fan and you follow us, you should also be following Lazy Fair Coffee. That's L A Z Y F A I R Coffee, just like we spell it. Go give them a follow on Instagram. Check out what they're doing there. But go to the website, use ten twelve, get ten percent off your order, and let you and your family and friends be enjoying a really great cup of coffee this holiday season. All right, uh, so let's wrap up on this. We have a full slate of games, assuming COVID doesn't wreck the schedule. No, I, I, I have to say, I know the Texas-Kansas game got delayed. And I know a couple of non-conference games got canceled um, because of COVID. But really, the Big 12 has been... Don't say it. Uh, You're going to jinx it. All right, let's just not go there. It, it knock, on said, wood, <laughs> knock on wood. Knock on wood. I, I just preemptive before you even say anything, because we all we all know you were thinking it, so I'm knocking on wood for you right now. Fine. 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 Okay. So we've got a full slate of games this coming weekend. Everything starts on Friday morning, eleven AM kickoff. Iowa State at Texas in a basically the winner goes to face Oklahoma in the Big Twelve title game and the loser enjoys basically being guaranteed a berth in like the Alamo or Cheese It Bowl. No, no, cheese it or Texas. I think that would be, yeah. Anyways, point is, winner goes to Arlington, loser doesn't, unless somebody else loses. I just, I don't see another loss for anybody with the game still on the schedule. Sorry, I don't. Although, I might pick Texas to lose to Kansas State, as silly as that sounds. It's Manhattan in December. It's Manhattan, weird things happen. Iowa State, Texas. Jamie, I'm, I'm sure you're pumped for this. Uh, on Saturday, we have a, a slate that includes Texas Tech and Oklahoma State at 11 a.m. Uh, and three night games. Thanks, college football gods. Kansas yeah, State Baylor at 6. Oklahoma, West Virginia, primetime, 6.30 on ABC. I like TCU at Kansas at 7 o'clock on FS1. Uh, TCU and Kansas fans will be the only ones watching that. Sorry. Let's do our usual. Um, please try not to include your team. Yes, Jamie, I know that will be difficult. Uh, but uh, which of these five games are you most looking forward to on Saturday? As much as I'm excited to curl up on Friday with a nice plate of delicious leftovers at my in-laws and watch the game and then get kicked out of the room so they can watch the Hawkeyes at noon and have to find a different TV. Um, I am... I am It's hard because there's not a lot of like extremely consequential games this weekend. Um, However, for my own purposes, I will watch 
Oklahoma, West Virginia, and perhaps after the first quarter, get frustrated and turn it off. But I will watch in hopes that maybe Oklahoma has another loss in them. Maybe we'll all be vindicated. Maybe all of my screaming at my webcam will not be in vain. And so that is my game to watch because I don't want to play Oklahoma again. And I think we're going to win. I like it. So, so I'm actually going to take a quick detour and break all the rules and say that it's um, Kansas and Gonzaga on Thanksgiving, but uh, you know, but actually that's, that's too much basketball for this particular podcast. So um, no, you, I, you know, Son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, I, I had to go with it. Not only did I break the rule of picking my own team, but I also switched sports on you. So, But no, I, honestly, the thing that upsets me the most about this slate is the fact that they stuck that Oklahoma-West Virginia game right smack dab in the middle of two absolutely atrocious Big 12 games. I was looking so forward to, like Jamie, curling up with a whole bunch of leftovers on my couch on Saturday night and flipping back and forth between the, se- the second half of what's going to be an atrocious Kansas State-Baylor game and the first half of the TCU-Kansas game. I like to watch bad football at times just because I see so much of it with <laughs> my Kansas team that it makes me feel at home. And I was looking forward to being able to do that. But now I have to watch this Oklahoma-West Virginia game because, I like Jamie, I'm holding out hope that West Virginia can pull the magic out of the hat, you know, pull that rabbit out of the hat there and get a win with a huge defensive effort. If I'm being completely honest, though, like the best game is probably going to be that Iowa State-Texas game. Um, but, you know, it's a it's a Friday morning game, which always feel weird to me around this time of year. Um, so, like, the one I'm probably most looking forward to is that Oklahoma-West Virginia because there's a glimmer of hope that I don't have to give in, that Phillip is right, that Oklahoma is destined for the Big 12 championship. But, uh, but yeah, we'll leave it there before I go ramble for another 10 minutes. Um, I can't say OSU-Texas Tech, though I am intrigued by... As both a non OSU, as an OSU fan and someone who watched the conference, to see how Oklahoma State bounces back after the Bedlam loss and now basically with the Big 12 title game out of their hands, um, how do they bounce against a Texas Tech team that has been bad the last two years, yet Oklahoma State has lost two the last two years and in pretty gruesome fashion as well? Um, but yeah, Iowa State, Texas, like uh, this game decides the Oklahoma opponent in Arlington for the Big 12 title game that's it has the most riding on it it's a huge game it is the biggest game in our arguably iowa state football history um because it is it, it's win and they're pretty much in look i i understand teams still have games to play as we mentioned texas uh, has to go to manhattan the following week and play kansas state it's not easy but it's not the kansas state from the beginning of the year uh iowa state gets west virginia at home west virginia's got a good defense like that's a solid game could Iowa State blow it and and screw the whole thing up? For chaps, do I think they will? No, but you know, West Virginia should have gone to a national championship game, but they lost to Pitt team that had like three wins. So things happen. Um, it's the best game of the weekend. It is. It's on. It's it's on Friday, which means we have four other games to watch on Saturday. But I think it's the biggest biggest game of the weekend. Um, speaking of basketball, to you. Basketball starts on Wednesday. The season starts on Wednesday. Baylor, Arizona State on Wednesday night is a huge, huge matchup. Very excited for that. As you mentioned, Gonzaga and Kansas on Thursday at uh, at noon thirty on Friday. You get to Colorado, Kansas State, Kansas, St. Joe's. Like college basketball is here, folks. And there's Iowa State really women's CBS. basketball at noon on Wednesday versus Omaha. I'm sure that everyone will be watching as passionate as I will be. Of course, Jamie. Are you gonna Are you gonna get your mom to come on the show? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Put her on the spot. Why don't I you? I don't know about that. I I. It depends on what their media lets them do anymore. But I would love to. My mom and I are best friends. It would be like having a more laid back version of me. All right, we're gonna work on that. To wrap things up, yes, Brett apparently uh, did not come back. Uh, apparently, they had the neighbors had a limb fall on the line. Uh, and so oh. that's what was wrong with her internet. So we will try and get Brett back on we'll attempt number three. Um, <laughs> More women. Yeah. This yeah. is, this is starting to, this is starting to uh, sound like the old uh, um, Jimmy Kimmel, Matt, Matt Damon bit. <laughs> <laughs> we had her on for like five seconds. So that, that kind of counts. <laughs> now that was supposed to be uh, Jamie's rabbit, but it just never happened. 
um, because I can't follow through on things. Kind of like the whole, like, <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself? You know, I, I have two kids under two. Continuing with repeated segments is really difficult to do. I'm just happy to get the show done. Okay. I think that's all it for today. Obviously, we'll be back on Thursday with picks for this weekend's games. Um, very excited for that. Daniel and Chris joining us as always. I'm about to pitch the uh, Secret Santa to them on Thursday and see what they feel, how they feel about that. Um, as always, give us a follow on the socials, Twitter at 1012podcast, T-E in the number 12, the word podcast. Uh, we tweet our show, tweet a lot of other things as well, just for fun. Uh, follow us on Instagram, that's 1012pod, where we uh, we post exclusive content uh, as well as Instagram lives every Wednesday night. I say every Wednesday night. It's most Wednesday nights, although we did have a really good video we posted this last week uh, with Matt Brown of Extra Points, Iowa State fans. If you haven't gone to the Instagram account and checked that video out, you really, really should. I think you will really, really like it. It has to do with a, a paid subscription uh, email that they did this last week regarding emails sent to Jamie Pollard uh, regarding the decision to not, or first to have fans and not to have fans at the season opening game against Louisiana. Really, really interesting. I think you guys should check that interview out on our Instagram account, 1012pod. Uh, give Andy Mitz a follow at AndyMitz12. That's M-I-T-T-S. Uh, and give J, that's on the Twitters. Give Jamie a follow on Twitter at jstyz, J-S-T-E-Y-Z. She's lots of fun. Uh, she'll talk to you about esthetician things and show you cutesy little Etsy like arts and crafts stuff that and goes up on there. Super emo about basketball this week. If you what are a, a basketball way. junkie, go follow both of these two because that's the whole reason I brought them on here. College basketball starts this week. Full slate of college football this weekend. Fingers crossed. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Podcast Network.